I don't exactly follow the NBA much. It's nothing against basketball. Beautiful sport. I just don't have time. I'm covering three teams in Pittsburgh around the clock, around the calendar. And, you know, flipping on a fourth league onto my television just doesn't fit with the work slash life schedule. But I am going to bring up an NBA thing in this particular episode. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. It's Penguins versus Islanders tonight at PPG Paints Arena. It's a 7.08 p.m. faceoff. I'll be there covering it, and I'll be hoping from the team's perspective, that things go pretty poorly. And here's why. Before you, you know, go smacking the pause and delete buttons on this particular podcast. There are seven games left in this regular season. Of those seven, not one means a blessed thing. I can't stress that point enough. Sure, yeah, the Penguins have to pick up one more point somewhere along the way to qualify for the playoffs. Great. Let that occur through happenstance. Otherwise, it doesn't matter if they finish anywhere from first to eighth in the conference. It doesn't matter if they stay inside the division, if they go wild card. It doesn't matter if they face the Hurricanes or the Panthers, it does kind of matter if they face the Rangers, but there's nothing they can do about that. There's nothing they can do about the matchup because of where the Rangers are poking around the top of the division. So forget it. Let it go. Try something that hockey teams are for some bizarre cultural reasons, I presume, afraid to try. And that's this. Sit your players. Sit as many of them as possible within whatever flexibility can be created under the salary cap restrictions to which the Penguins are currently operating. No, it's not easy. It's not any easier than the other stuff we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now where it's really hard for uh, Ron Hextall to promote people from Wilkes-Barre Scranton because then they just bump their heads on the cap again and it all gets really messy. But find a way. Figure something out. Get creative. You know, let's not pretend that all things are righteous and pious when it comes to NHL injury reporting. All right? Say that there's I don't know, lower body, upper body, everybody's got something that hurts them at this time of year. It's not like you'd even have to lie. But sit them and rest them and do it like the Golden State Warriors of the NBA pioneered a few years ago. By the way, to great effect going on a championship run. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need 
across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. The Warriors' policy, for all the rest of you who don't follow the NBA, became quite the topic of discussion uh, across sports. I heard it come up in different ways with Pittsburgh's other two teams, with the Steelers and Pirates. The Pirates actually took this pretty seriously a handful of years ago, and it would work just the way that you imagine. The Warriors had X number of star players, and those guys would not play every game. You want to be fair to your home fans and the paying customers and make sure that they're playing the home games, but this was about resting them on the road, maybe on longer trips, maybe uh, when there's a cluster of games in a tight space on the calendar. And no, you know, fans in other markets, uh, as much as they would appreciate uh, not having to face a Steph Curry or a Clay Thompson or whoever else plays basketball for that team, the people managing the TV networks that pay you know, a gazillion dollars to broadcast the games of not just the league, but of specific star-laden teams don't want to set up some big primetime matchup between two powerhouses. Here the Warriors and I don't know who else is good, the Lakers. I don't know. But, you know, you don't want to have that big matchup and then not have, oh, fine. Oh, they're just not playing their main guy tonight. Well, the Warriors didn't care. The Warriors were just interested in a championship, and it worked, and it forced teams across sports to look at the benefits of simple rest and recovery. Hockey has not touched this thing with a 10,000-foot pole, and hockey was always going to be and still is going to be dead last to this conversation, presuming it ever arrives. Just exactly what you would think. The whole, we're tough, we're hockey players. And more than that, the coach's insistence that players need to keep their legs moving all the time. It's why they practice the morning after a night game. It's why they arrive into a city. They fly in. They go straight from the airport to some ice rink and just skate around, skate around, skate around. Now, I've no doubt there's merit in this. Okay, I have no doubt that, you know, with hockey having been played from the dog sled days 150 years ago to now that somebody was probably right in suggesting that the legs need to keep moving. But the bruises need to heal. The muscles need to mend. The mind could use a break just knowing, hey. I'm going to have this weekend off, and they're going to go and duke it out with the Bruins up in Boston or whatever. To date, the only player who's benefited from such an approach, because he's the only one who's had it administered, is Tristan Jari. It's absolutely the right move. I'm pretty sure Jari's going to play tonight against the Islanders, but Casey DeSmith just got two starts in a row. How he did... Is is you know encouraging? It means something. You don't want to have a bad backup going into the playoffs, 
But it also really doesn't matter because these results don't matter. What matters is that if Jari plays tonight and then doesn't play this weekend in Boston, he'll have had basically a pretty light week. And if you feel the need as the head coach or as people who advise the head coach on conditioning matters to say, listen, this is all well and good, but by the time we get to you know the final week of April, Jari's got to get out there for, I don't know, two out of three starts or something. But manage these people. Manage them. Don't just, you know, churn their legs endlessly. Look at this schedule. Look at these standings. Sit these guys. My goodness, I didn't even bring up if one of them gets hurt. Imagine that. When we come back, just one question. Today's J1Q comes from Ben, who asks ADK not to overvalue the role of Zach Aston-Reese, but is it possible that everyone, including the Penguins, undervalued his meaning to this particular group of players? In any sport, all successful teams are usually the ones that have a few guys that do something really, really well, even if it's not the thing, since it lets other people focus on what they do best. Ben, it is not even remotely possible that the Pittsburgh Penguins or any of the individuals employed by the organization could have undervalued Zach. They loved him. I can put that in giant neon letters across the top of Mount Washington and shoot fireworks out of each letter. They loved them some Z-A-R. That started with the head coach, but believe me, Mike Sullivan's faith in Zach Aston Reese was shared by Ron Hextall and was shared by Brian Burke. Not because they felt compelled to support the guy down there on the bench or anything like that. They legit loved him. Okay, now, I've made that point. Well, why would they get rid of him? Then Why would they trade him? Well, you don't get rid of people when you make trades. That's a common misperception. Get rid of the guy. Trade the bum. They wanted a specific player from the Ducks, They knew what the price was. Anaheim management laid it out. They wanted Aston Reese. They wanted Dominic Simone. They wanted a goaltending prospect, and they wanted a high pick in the draft, and they got all those things. And as everyone says, after every trade that gets made, you have to give up something in order to get what you want. Well, I don't think anybody locally, obviously, is disappointed with Ricard Raquel. He's been maybe even better than what people might have expected. And I'm going to assume here and extrapolate your question a little bit that you're also referring to Aston Reese and Simone playing on what's effectively a first line in Anaheim, uh, flanking Adam Henrique. They've done pretty well. They're obviously not lighting it up. It's not what either of them does. But 
as you put it yourself, they have those roles. Now, notice I'm throwing Dom into this, whether you like it or not, because they were both traded and they're both missed here. Okay. I know that's not exactly something that allows you to run for mayor of Pittsburgh by bringing up stuff like that, but it's true. It's true. There's a reason that both of them had the advanced analytics that they did. They were never going to be goal scorers. And as a result, that was never going to be good enough in our city. But there's a heck of a lot more to hockey than putting the puck in the net. Now, that said, can the Penguins replace them? Well, from the roster standpoint, yes. I don't believe you were going to see Aston Reese back next season. Uh, he's going to be a restricted free agent, and there's no way he was going to get an additional contract with all of the cap issues that the Penguins are going to be facing. And now, additionally, with Raquel added to that mix. So the future roster is one thing. The current roster is a different thing. The current roster, you might be seeing this team exacerbating the loss of both Aston Reese and Simone because Brock McGinn's also been out. When you're losing three guys like that, and worse, you're dropping Kasperi Kapanen, who should be a top six player based on his style, into your bottom six. Now, all of a sudden, your bottom six looks like, what? And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. This is one of countless reasons that, especially earlier in this season, I was virtually begging on this show for the team to just try different people. You know, try others from Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Drew O'Connor had the unfortunate injury. I'd still love to see him get a chance in some form. Valtteri Pustin and Philip Hollander, others who might have been a good fit. Now it's it's too late. The ship sailed. I mean, they could have seven dominant games. You bring them up tonight, and it's not going to matter. You're not going to be ready for Stanley Cup playoffs. So there's a lot to unpack there with what you brought up. It is a terrific question. I appreciate it. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. And let's do another one tomorrow to talk about tonight's game against the Islanders. (laughs) 